When it comes to mornings, Wendy's is always the right choice. And now that our honey butter chicken biscuit is $1.99, it's easy to steer clear of bad breakfast. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only at participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. A la carte only, not valid in the combo. 911, what's your emergency? There's a train that just hit a car. Sir, what is your location? Uh, 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 Look around for a street sign, sir. 8th and Orchard. 8th and Orchard. Okay, very good. 8th and Orchard. Sir, help is on the way. Why would he do that? The train still doesn't stop. You have to get there now. At a railway crossing, even if the engineer sees you and hits the brakes, it can take a mile for the train to stop. And for you, that's too late. Stop. Trains can't. Paid for by NHTSA. It's time to talk the world's game from an American perspective. Presented by Three Lions Pub, you're listening to Two Up Front, where we focus on all things American soccer, from the NWSL, MLS, U.S. national teams, and all the way to the youth levels. Now in the studio, your hosts, Baxter Colburn and Simon Provan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 100th edition of Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub here at the Attention Era Media Studios. I am Baxter Colbert. And this is Simon Provan. Happy 100, Simon. How are you, sir? Well, I'm great, Baxter. Right back at you. I appreciate that. A very exciting day, to say the least. Um, you know, doing an hour show, Simon, is so mainstream. I feel like we need to celebrate today a little bit. Don't I, you agree? I agree, Baxter. I feel like we should have a two-hour show today, and we should have as many guests as we possibly can have on, from the MLS to the end. WSL to just even good friends. It's like Howard Webb refing a Manchester United game <laughs> at Old Trafford, adding on a bunch of extra time just so Manchester United could at least draw. Exactly. I feel like that's what so we're going we're, to do we're, today. We're on web time today. We are. We are on web time today, but it will be a good thing for all of you, the listeners, so you're welcome in advance. But now we have just an absolutely all-star lineup of people joining us today. Uh, I'll give it to you really fast. Peter Wilt, Justin Davis, Brian Dunseth, Chris Blakely, Jonathan Campbell, Rachel Wood, and Caroline Stanley, maybe others, but those for sure will all be here during our time, uh, during our 10 to 12 block today. Yeah, and you know what's great about that, Baxter, is obviously they've all been on the show before, yes. and they said, yeah, 100th episode, bring me back on, let me help you celebrate Absolutely. This. So thank you to all of them in advance for being on today. Yes, and also thank you to the well wishes we've received as well for those that wanted to be on the show today but couldn't. Uh, we had a, just a, a bunch of different people that we had contacted and they're like you know i wish i could but you know happy 100 guys uh sam mewis among others reached out to us and said hey guys happy 100th show uh, and she wants to come back on the show soon too so we'll have to get her back on uh, after she believes cup kind of wraps up as well too but uh we've got a, a whole slew of announcements to make here in the during the kick around uh, which is brought to you by too much metal uh, for one hand, you can go to TooMuchMetal.com. They make rad shirts for rad people, and Simon and I are pretty rad. I feel like 100-something makes you a rad person. At, at least, I don't know if it makes me a rad person, but there's something rad about having a 100 Do your kids think show. you're a rad dad? You know what? i got to be honest, Baxter. They do. They do. Well, fact, there I, we go. I'll tell you real quick. Quick, I, go ahead. I was, uh, had a father-daughter dance with Bethany, my, oh, my youngest okay. daughter, and... The Macarena came on. So I start doing the Macarena with, 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 the, with her and, and the rest of the kids. Of course. And I suddenly realize I'm the only dad around <gasps> doing the Macarena. <laughs> and, and I realized I've gotten to the Will Ferrell part of my life. Oh, where no. <laughs> I don't care what people think. No. But, but then, I, then I see a few dads out there trying to sneak like, peeks and figure uh, it out. Okay. And so I asked Bethany afterwards. I said, so, you know, do I embarrass you when I'm doing that kind of stuff? She's like, no, daddy. You're like the cool dad. Like, yes. yes. That's like the, the one thing you want to hear as a father. You're like, yes, I'm no longer embarrassing you. 
You'll save that for maybe like the wedding day or something. That's right, like, that's hey, right. I remember when Bethany was five. You're like, no, Dad, stop. <laughs> like, come on. That's the best. Well, we uh, are excited to have you guys here with us today on our 100th episode. Uh, Simon, where do you want to start with all the announcements? We've been teasing about a thousand different things for, I feel like, a year now. Let's start with the big one. Why don't we start with the big one then? So um, starting uh, next week, uh, we are moving networks finally. We've talked about it a bunch of times, saying that we have something big coming up. Uh, we will officially be joining the Brew Sports Network. Um, they are a new company that is a new sports network launching here in Milwaukee. Uh, we are actually in their studios right now. Uh, the studio is not fully finished quite yet, but um, we will be broadcasting live from 10 to 11 Central uh, on Facebook Live. So you'll be able to watch the show and comment with what's going on in live time and also see our guests as well, too, from time to time. Uh, but then you'll also be able to get the show, of course, how you normally do uh, on Spreaker and other various platforms as well, too. So uh, a big uh, jump for a, a big show, which is very exciting. Absolutely, Baxter. So why don't we, why don't we move into some discussion points with our kick around here? Sounds good. Uh, first thing I want to talk about, it's a tournament that I love. You're, you're still uh, a little bit distant. I don't think you used the love word yet. Uh, <laughs> but the CONCACAF Champions League. Yeah, no, not a huge fan of it still. <laughs> and we'll see what it's like in its new iteration. Maybe where... if the Revs actually made it, well, I'd there actually you be go. excited. There you go. Anyways, uh, big deal last night. Yeah. Saprisa drawing with Pachuca. This is the first time in 25 matches that Pachuca has been shut out. Uh, interesting, Omar Gonzalez looked like he had a goal in the 34th minute. That actually got called back for offside. Mm. But then Saprisa had an opportunity to go ahead in the 65th minute. Uh, but unfortunately, Joseph Mora wasn't able to convert that penalty. Joseph Mora sounds familiar. Why do I know said, said Joseph Mora? Maybe I'm just thinking of somebody else, but Joseph Mora sounds like a very familiar it, player it does. for some reason. But it's got what, that name. Well, what's surprising about this is you figure all the players, Guzman, uh, Roy Miller, that have, mm-hmm. that have moved on from Saprissa coming to MLS yeah. and, and still putting up a, coming to Portland. a good fight. <laughs> That's right, of course. Uh, putting up a good fight for... Um, for Saprissa and not allowing Pachuca to get that away goal was a big deal last night. Well, and I know a lot of people, of course, always tab Saprissa or Pachuca to be, you know, in the final when it comes to the CCL. And people are like, well, you know, these are two of the very best that, you know, the Americas have to offer, obviously, because, you know, they pull from all different areas in the Americas for CONCACAF, of course. But, yeah, a surprising result, I would feel like. I mean, you would like to think that one of these teams, even Pachuca, would be able to best a wounded uh, Saprissa. Well, you do have to believe that going back in the second leg where it'll be at Pachuca, Pachuca has the upper hand in this one. Uh, but the one that, that we're going to pay attention pay attention to is Red Bulls taking on Vancouver today. Yes. At 7 o'clock tonight, Vancouver shorthanded. Four of their players are injured due to uh, preseason injuries. So even though the Red Bulls are the eighth seed, so the lowest seed left in this tournament, mm-hmm. uh, they look like to me that they're the ones who are going to win this quarterfinal uh, two-leg series. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one, too. And this is going to be one of the first real opportunities to see what the non-Dax McCarty midfield is going to look like. I know a lot of folks are really excited about the young man Davis in the midfield, but is he going to be able to rise to the occasion, especially in a game that I know they're shorthanded, but a game that still has a lot on the line? That really tells a, you know, a quick tale about a player if they can rise to an occasion, especially when you have such, so much riding on it. Right, absolutely. So we'll see there. Jesse Marsh has come out and said that this is the most important game of the season for them already. Uh, right, so, so, so yeah. it'll, it'll, be, it'll be fun to see what happens there. Another contest that's going to be happening, though, tomorrow is FC Dallas taking on Aruba 
Unido. Now you might think uh, Aruba Unida, uh -huh. but hey, they're the second seed out of really? uh, out of the group stage. Wow. And not only that, but Blas Perez now plays for them. Did so it, what? When, yeah. did, when did he leave? He joined them. Shows you how much I keep up with Blas. Right, right. I'm I'm actually in. The... I'm a little blasé with his career. Oh, uh, too soon. Okay, my fault. But um. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that obviously all these MLS teams have the opportunity. I mean, hopefully at least two of them advance because obviously two of them play each other. So you can't have all three advance. No, that's absolutely correct. Uh, and whoever wins the Red Bulls-Vancouver game ends up playing, I believe it's the winner of the Pachuca-Saprisa matchup. Ooh. And then Tigres and Pumas play each other. And whoever wins that game will play the winner of the FC Dallas-Aruba Unido uh, matchup. So, so we have an opportunity to have two, well, for sure have one MLS team in the semifinals, either it's Vancouver or Red Bulls. But I do think FC Dallas has a good opportunity here to also make it in the semifinals. But, you know, selfishly, you'd love to have those <laughs> MLS teams against each other for a clear path to the finals. However, if you're going to get to the finals, Play the right teams to get there. Exactly. Play the best teams to get there. We don't want any coercion or any weird stuff taking place, honestly, where people question the, you know, how good teams certainly are. But, uh, yeah, CCL, I mean, you know, I'm glad somebody enjoys it. I just I have yet to <laughs> fully get behind it. I mean, people might even make the same arguments about the UEFA Champions League as well, too, with all the different things. I mean, to an extent, it's the same thing. Every Every... Federation has a version of this, basically, don't they? Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you, you, you're not going to get better than a 5-3 scoreline with Manchester City. No, you're not. Uh, and uh, why am I blanking? Oh, shoot. Who'd they play? Sevilla, was it Sevilla? It no, no, I Sevilla don't... plays Leicester. Anyways, you're not going to get those games. For me, it's, it's, I think it's just that, that home region pride. Yeah. I want to see this tournament grow. And, yes, of course, I want to see an MLS team win this thing and represent the league in... The uh, FIFA Club World Cup. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah, uh, you know, and just in general, looking looking across the line. I mean, yeah, hopefully, um, I'm I'm spacing now on who the teams that are going to qualify for this this next cycle. So FC Dallas again will be there, obviously because they were Supporter Shield winners. Um, and now I can't think of who the other two are going to be. Is it Portland doesn't go again? You know, be, the tournament itself is changing drastically. Yeah, and that's MLS why I'm having a hard time right. keeping up with who is still actually making it in. Well, and they got to figure out how they're going to do that because they basically have to skip a year of qualification. So right now I think the answer is we don't know. Yeah. Uh, so if you haven't, if, if listeners out there haven't heard the CONCACAF Champions League, what's going on is that MLS teams and Mexican teams will no longer go into the group stage. They're going to go right into the knockout rounds. Hmm. In that way, for me, it's a hearkening back to the old Champions Cup. Oh, where the it, Champions it was, Cup. It was a single elimination Showing your gray tournament. hair a little bit there, yeah, Simon. <laughs> well, hey, DC United and LA Galaxy yeah. had both won that at some point. Yeah. That great 98 DC United team, oh, which later went on Baxter to beat Vasco da Gama in the Intercontinental Cup. No wonder he couldn't find the Fountain of Youth because DC United allowed him, didn't allow him to do that. Was that Vasco da Gama? I don't remember who was looking for I think it may have been. I think it might have been. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to Google it. All right, let's go to a break when we come back. I, I only know my soccer history, Baxter. <laughs> You're throwing out things like Vasco da Gama, I feel Vasco like. Vasco da Gama, 98. Yes, exactly. All right, Peter Wilt's going to be here with us uh, when we come back. Mr. Soccer, uh, we'll see if he's got some new news for us regarding the expansion of the NASL clubs he's got coming up here. We'll talk to him right after this. It's Show 100, Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. Back right after this.
Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. We are here at the Attention Era Media Studios. Show 100, rolling along. I am Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan, uh, first segment in the bag already. I feel like we just started and suddenly the show is almost over. Now, we've got like 25 more segments to go. It's not, not that many, <laughs> but we've got a lot of really good segments with a lot of fantastic guests joining us. And uh, our very first guest, it seems fitting, Simon. You made the suggestion that we should try to get this gentleman back on the show, and I feel like you introduced him the very first time he was on the <laughs> show you should have the honors to do it once again well i've known this man for quite a while we call him mr soccer he's been involved with this game longer than most of us have been alive true uh helped start many teams of course the big one chicago fire great success in indianapolis as well with the indy 11 peter wilt welcome to the show once again thank you very much guys and congratulations on your 100th uh, uh, episode. This is quite the milestone. Well, well we, done. Thank you very much, Peter. We, we greatly appreciate it. And uh, you've been a very integral part, of course, of helping us continue to build our two upfront brands. So uh, we appreciate you coming on the show uh, once again. Uh, and we, uh, we understand we were talking to you off the air, Peter. I, I want to know more information about this. You're on your way to London here shortly. Uh, why in the world are you going to London this time of year? Is it for the pies that the, uh, the, the fifth division goalkeepers are eating on the bench? What, why are you going? Now, now, it it was a pasty, a not past. a pie. Ah, it's all good. My, all my good. American is showing. I'm so sorry. Well, that was his defense. Wayne Shaw actually said, no, no, it wasn't a meat pie. It was a pasty. That's right. That's right. It's I read okay. the quote as well. <laughs> totally different. Totally different. But so, unfortunately, yeah, he, he, he did leave the team or, or was kicked off. We're not Son sure, but there was, there was a separation. My Wayne Shaw jersey is in the mail, too. I feel so, so weird now. You know, Peter, I'm, 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 surprised, yeah. I'm surprised no NFL team has reached out to this guy, a 280-pound goalkeeper. He just, you don't hear that very he often. He could push some people around, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, at 45, he might be a bit past his <laughs> expiration date, though. So that's I true. don't know. That's but true. I, no, I'm, I'm heading to uh, London on behalf of one of uh, the clients I'm working with in San Diego. Um, you know, the investors in the potential NESL team there, uh, Demba Ba and Eden Hazard, um, have asked me to, to meet with a couple of additional investors uh, over there. So we're. we're uh, putting some of the final touches on the application uh, for that group. Uh, similarly, working with a group in Orange County. Mm-hmm. And we're hopeful that um, we'll be able to put both forward for approval wow. uh, uh, by the end of next month. That would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I know last time you were on the show, we were talking more so about Orange County, I believe. And we hadn't heard a lot more from that Chicago area. But uh, clearly, I mean, you seem to have been getting your pieces lined up in the uh, the appropriate way. So uh, congratulations on that very uh, first and foremost. Obviously, I know Thanks. things are not uh, 100% solidified, but um, you know, wow, you've got to be feeling pretty good though right now in terms of, you know, what it's like yeah. to have two more expansion yeah, you, clubs. Yeah, you know the the um the marketplace, I guess, is is ripe for expansion of professional soccer in this country and you know, every market's a little bit different, but I think Southern California has a, a great appetite and a, a great opportunity for expansion. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Chicago efforts I'm working on are also making progress uh, slower than I would like. Uh, we have the investors in place, uh, but we're still working out the details on the venue. Um, nothing is assured there, and I think we're getting close, unfortunately, to losing another year. We originally hoped to be kicking soccer balls uh, the spring, mm-hmm. and then it was pushed back to 2018. And if we don't uh, get a venue solidified in the next few months, 
we'll probably have to put back to 2019. But I think eventually the Chicago team in the city will happen. There really needs to be a professional soccer team in the city of Chicago. Agreed. Um, so hope, hopefully that will happen at some point. And, and Milwaukee is another place. You know, we need to have professional outdoor soccer in Milwaukee. And I think, you know, the, the things that the semi-pro Milwaukee Torrent are doing is great. But I, I think the size of the city demands a higher level, whether it's, it's USL or NASL, I think both are realistic, and it's something that I personally would like to see happen at some point soon. Well, Peter, now this was before all of the uh, the, the stuff with U.S. soccer came out, but, but, but early January you had mentioned that you did see the NASL possibly having 20 teams by the fall of 2018. Is that timeline still the uh, – and you, did, you mm-hmm. did qualify that by saying you're cockeyed optimist, uh, which, which I love. Um, <laughs> which we love about you, Peter. Is that timeline still realistic in your mind, or would you say at this point maybe 2019, yeah, maybe 2020? That, yeah, in that comment was taken out of contact with a reporter from Edmonton, and I, I gave a range of 16 to 20. Uh, and certainly everything would have to fall right for there to, to be 20 of course. by that point. Um, and I, I think you, the general thought behind it is still true that, uh, there's quite a bit of interest in expansion in professional soccer and in the North American Soccer League. Uh, the firm I'm working with, Club Nine Sports, you know, we are, are talking to more than a dozen interested parties throughout uh, the United States mm. that have serious interest in joining the North American Soccer League. Uh, now they're not all going to join. Um, you know, maybe half of them join. And if that, that really puts the league on a very good path because the NASL is talking to additional markets that we're not talking to. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I feel good that uh, the NASL is going to be here for the long haul and that it is going to continue to grow. Um, fully populating a second division at 20 teams is really important. Uh, because then eventually we need to fully populate a third division at 20 teams. And that's the point where you can get to promotion and relegation. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that one. Talking with Peter Wilt on the shopfootsell.com call-in line. Peter, I don't think we've ever asked you this question uh, on our show. You're a man that obviously loves expansion, but I've always been curious to get your opinion about all the rumors of Las Vegas as a whole. We hear Las Vegas being tossed out for almost every single major sports franchise, and uh, I think we heard briefly for, for soccer a little bit too, but do you think an MLS or an ASL team could survive in Las Vegas? Yeah, it's a very interesting market, and we're actually uh, in discussions with a group in Las Vegas that's interested in an NASL team for that market. Great. Uh, you know, I've studied it. I, I've studied it, and it's interesting market because of the lack of um, major league competition. Mm-hmm. Don't have uh, any other sorts. Of, NHL is now coming there. Yeah, so they only uh, have a pro hockey team. Not, that's it. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, but it, the, the challenge with Las Vegas for me is that. You don't have the opportunity to build a natural emotional connections of, via generations of people growing up there. The homegrown population there, meaning uh, people born in the state of Nevada, is under 30%. That's among the lowest in the country, I think, along with Miami. And that makes it difficult for fans to just feel engaged with their local professional team regardless of the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, the, the summer temperatures, obviously, are also an issue. 
uh, regularly getting over 100 degrees. So not only for fan comfort, uh, but also for players' health. And that's a real issue. Absolutely. To a certain extent, that, that can be addressed by starting times uh, later in the evening, whether it's 8 or 8.30 p.m., um, and, and schedule alterations so more home games are played in the spring and the fall and fewer in the summer. Um, but that's just another thing that needs to be addressed. I think there's potential for it to be successful in Las Vegas, but it needs to be done uh, very thoughtfully. Yeah, I would agree with absolutely on that. Yeah, or, or you just give everybody air-conditioned helmets, which apparently they're going to do in Cutter in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> that might work. You never know. Just build, a, just build a dome. Just do that, honestly. I feel like you could just have a, the Las Vegas Superdome or something. Uh, Peter, I do want to take, since we're based in Milwaukee, I, I can't help but, but let you go after commenting on Milwaukee. Uh, you, you, know, you tried starting an MLS club team here. Way back in the day, I remember all of that conversation and, and how the city council was just not supportive of, at all of that. What makes the atmosphere perhaps different now than, than yesteryear? Well, a couple of things. Certainly the market for professional soccer has evolved over the last decade. I think a generation has grown up that's played the sport and now watches the sport, and they've become decision makers in media, uh, business, and in the consumer world. Uh, but also I think if we're aiming for a lower division team and not a major league team and looking at 100% uh, uh, privately uh, funding any venue um, improvements, uh, that makes it more palatable. So I think the time is right uh, to move forward and try to get a professional soccer team in Milwaukee. I appreciate uh, the honesty in that answer. It's, I got I got to press you one more thing. Would would those in Milwaukee, you know, who already exist in the soccer community, specifically those in the Torrent organization, uh, be contacted and perhaps have conversations there? Yeah, you know, I've talked to Andy Davy about about it. Uh, uh, I'll say quite a bit. You know, certainly several times. I told him at some point professional soccer is going to happen in 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 this area, and um, I, I told him what he needs to do is make the Torrent relevant. It needs to be a big success, uh, almost like Detroit City is yeah. in Detroit, and kind of force their way into the conversation. Sure. So that any new group that comes in uh, will be better off working with them rather than doing it independently. Um, you know, what I've, I've seen some good things to this point and uh, some not good things. It, it hasn't really caught on in the mainstream. And I think the move to Hart Park this year is a step in the right direction. And it will be uh, wonderful to see uh, some larger crowds there than they got last year. Absolutely. Well, Peter, it's an absolute pleasure to, to always have you on the show. We wish you the very best in your travels. Uh, and uh, we look forward to having you back on again for another 100 shows. Thanks, Factor. Thanks, Simon. Congratulations again. Thank Thanks. you very much, Thanks so Peter. much, we Peter. We appreciate it. There goes Peter Wilt on the shopfootsell.com. Call in line. When we come back, we'll head to our second interview of the day. It'll be Justin Davis from Minnesota United FC, a good friend of the program. We'll check in with him and see how MLS preseason's going and all the other fun things that it takes to go from expansion uh, to being a relevant MLS club. We'll talk with him right after this. It's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub.
inside the Attention Era Media Studios. It's two up front, presented by Three Lines Pub here in the Attention Era Media Studios. We are in our new studios, as we mentioned in the beginning segment. Uh, it's not fully done yet, Simon, but uh, we are still very excited to be here in the new studios. So uh, we'll be able to give you guys a more clear picture of a lot of that coming up here uh, next week. You'll get a chance to actually see what all this craziness is that's going on. But uh, we are excited to, to continue to move on with our 100th show. Can you believe it's show 100, Simon? It seems like it was just yesterday that it we started. It does seem like it was yesterday. But, but uh, it wasn't, this, how, how fantastic <laughs> is it that, uh, you know, we started this out as a hobby, and now here we are. Sponsorships behind us. Yeah. Uh, going to be on a new network soon and show number 100. Doesn't get much better than that, Baxter. You're absolutely right about that. Well, sometimes things that could potentially be better is when you get a promotion, Simon. We all like promotions, especially when it means, you know, continuing on in a career that you have a good, you know, love for, basically. And uh, a gentleman that we got a chance to speak with oh, a couple months ago uh, was still a part of an NASL club, Minnesota United at that time. But now he finds himself an official signee of the Minnesota United MLS club. And now he finds himself back on our show as well. It's Justin Davis, and he joins us on the ShopFootsell.com call-in line. Justin, welcome back to Two Up Front, sir. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Congrats on the 100th show. Thank you very much, Justin. Thank you, it's, Justin. it's great to have you back on the program. Uh, things are a little different for you since the last time we talked. Last time you were mulling over the fact of whether or not you may or may not be making the jump with the, with the club to MLS. You have officially done it. You are one of the first signees in Minnesota United history. How was life now in MLS than uh, a couple of months ago when you were just an NASL club? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, last time we spoke, there, there was some gray area about uh, you know what I was going to be doing come uh, um, when the team made the, the jump but uh it's been a little bit of a whirlwind here these past couple months just uh making the making the official jump getting everything uh situated with the new staff new group of players coming in and uh we've been in uh, the preseason camp here for about a month now so getting used to you know the new group and uh it's been pretty positive so far and you know we got a, a week left before for the regular season, so uh, a lot of good stuff out of camp, and uh, but definitely more to come. Hey, Justin, uh, jumping right into it, you guys have a have a good core of defenders that you're looking at. And I'm, I'm curious if Adrian Hith has talked to you at all about uh, where he's looking at. Is, is he looking at you in, as a starter, perhaps coming off the bench, especially with the big news coming yesterday with uh, Swiss fullback Jerome Thiessen being signed to Minnesota United? But you've got you know you got yourself, you got Jerome Taylor. <laughs> You've got uh, Francisco Calvo. So just curious about uh, if you've had those conversations yet. Yeah, I think, I mean, ultimately the decision will be made on the uh, on the third against Portland. You know, we'll, we'll find out then and there who's going to be the, uh, the starting back four. But, I mean, we've got, uh, like I said, we've got, we've got a lot of good players back there who can uh, all fit into those roles. So I think uh, Adrian and the staff have a, have a tough decision about who, who's going to be where. But, you know, it's a group that kind of a – taking on that challenge of competing against a high high level number of players. So, you know, I think that's a good thing and I think, you know, it makes makes the defense even stronger because I think you know it's gonna be important as an expansion club. How important is it the fact that Minnesota has taken a lot of the guys that were a part of the NASL side or even brought in some of the players that were back when you guys were so successful a couple of seasons ago? Uh, how is that going to benefit the team going into uh, you know, game one, basically? Because obviously that chemistry will, will still hopefully be there. But um, how have you viewed it from your viewpoint to have more of the guys that you used to play with a lot back on the club now? Nice. When anytime you play with someone that you're familiar with, you know you, you kind of know you know what they're going to do before they do it, and I think that uh, that connection 
you know, both bodes well for, for having success on the field and, and rather if that's, uh, you know, Miguel Ibarra and myself, you know, playing again on the left-hand side or, or him and Christian or, or even a back four with myself, you know, Kevin Venegas and I have played in the back four for almost five, six years now, whatever it's been. So those connections are big, you know, just with familiarity with guys on the field and then, you know, throwing in the new pieces too because we've got a lot of new pieces to go along with uh, the guys that have made the jump with us. So, Justin, of course, you're coming into the league at the same time Atlanta United is. Atlanta United was splashing signings all over the place, big names. Uh, Minnesota's taken more of a precarious. A more Midwestern feel more, I approach like that. More is, mis- what it sounds, yeah. is what it feels like. <laughs> I'm curious about your feeling about the two different approaches on that. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, obviously you can see the difference in, in what the two clubs are doing. It, it's hard to say which one's going to be more successful, I think. You know, I mean, you can tell us if you know, think I'll you're going to be more successful. Own, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll let I'll let people make their own judgments on that. But I, yeah, enough. I mean, like you said, I think Minnesota does does stuff uh, pretty organically. You know, you know, we're going to build this thing from the ground up and uh, and go that route, and it's successful. I mean, I think that's kind of how you build that that longer term success. I'm not a not a shot at Atlanta, but you know, we're going to do things our way, and we got in the front office and, and Manny and Amos to, to find, you know, good players, diamonds in the rough, if, if you may, and and just build it from there. But, you know, there's definitely quality here. It might not be the, the splash signings uh, as them, but we, we do have a, a high-level uh, players here. Talking with Justin Davis on the shopfootsell.com call-in line. Uh, Justin, obviously being a part of an MLS squad now means that there's going to be a lot of other exciting things taking place throughout the season. Uh, is there an opponent or a venue specifically that you're really looking forward to, to traveling to as a part of Minnesota United? Uh, you know, I got asked this question a couple weeks ago, and yeah, obviously going to the new cities is always exciting, you know, getting away from the NASL travel city, you get to check out some some cooler, bigger places. But uh, just as like a general sports fan, I, I had circled the uh, New York City mm. uh, game at Yankee Stadium just because <laughs> – my, my whole family grew up playing baseball, so you know, getting the chance to play, I think that's uh, that's pretty special. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you on that one too. I mean, NYCFC is already an interesting club as a whole to try to play, but let alone trying to go play on a baseball field in one of the most historic stadiums in all of sports. I feel like is definitely got to be a a bucket lister for sure. Be exciting for sure, but you know, all other cities too. I mean, you know, we're playing in the West, so you know, going to Seattle, you know however many thousand people are going to be there, that, that'll be insane. And then the opener in Portland, you know, they do they do so well. And, and we were up there for preseason. You can already see the, uh, the anticipation building there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my, I got a brother-in-law who lives in Minnesota, Justin, and uh, not to spoil the fun here, I, I am at heart a Portland Timbers fan. So, <laughs> so I can tell you that I will be there June 21st. <laughs> As you guys take on the Timbers at home, I already got that circled on my calendar. That's awesome. Got the date wow. with my brother-in-law. I didn't so. even realize that. I thought you were taking me, Simon. Yeah. What the heck? Well, maybe, maybe you can you can be the third wheel. Oh, back, okay. <laughs> that sounds like fun. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm curious. Talking, uh, jumping into, into bring the whole crew. There yeah, we go. Exactly. exactly. Right. Right. I, I, I got to tell you, I think you guys have some of the sweetest jerseys in MLS. Though mm-hmm. I, I really dig those. Uh, and that that Target logo. It's obviously it's perfect. Target headquarters there in Minnesota, and I think it looks pretty slick on the jersey. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious about you're in preseason right now. You're taking on Toronto FC a little bit later today. What's preseason like in MLS compared to the NASL? 
Uh, I, I mean, I think any any preseason is a grind. You know, uh, I think especially as a expansion team, I think Adrian and the staff really wanted to get after it uh, this year. So you know, we uh, we hit the ground running. So uh, fitness has been uh, a, a key uh, factor for him. So we've been we've been working uh, in that aspect too. But then it's a uh, it's a lot of you know getting familiar with the guys. You know, with it being a new group, so coming up with. Uh, you know, an identity of how we want to play and how how we want to defend as a team. So that stuff takes a lot of work. So there, there's definitely been a lot of a lot of two days for us uh, down in Arizona, and then we had the, uh, the the tournament out out in Portland, which I thought you know definitely making some progress uh, going through there. So yeah, it's been it's been a lot of hard work, but I think you can start to see uh, you know some of the good stuff that's coming from it. Well, Justin, I, I want to thank you for coming on our 100th episode here and uh, rejoining us. And congratulations to you being now on an MLS squad, jumping up with Minnesota United. Wish you the best of luck this year. Yeah, thanks a bunch, Justin. It was great to hear from you, sir. Yeah, thanks, guys. Congrats on the 100th show. Looking forward to 100 more, and we'll, uh, we'll see you up in Minnesota in the summer. Sounds like a plan, Justin. Thank you very much, sir. There goes Justin Davis on the shopfootsell.com call-in line. When we come back, we've got more excitement for you. Stay tuned. You are listening to show 100 of Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. Back after this. Inside the Attention Area Media Studios, it is Show 100. I think we are kind of getting jiggy with it here, aren't we? I'd say we are, absolutely. <laughs> it's uh, you got to celebrate when it's 100 shows. You got to get jiggy. You got to do the macarena. Do whatever you got to do. I guess that you were doing before, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back inside the Attention Area Media Studios. We are two up front, presented by Three Lions Pub. He's Simon Provan. I'm Baxter Colburn. Uh, we've had a great show so far, Simon. We have uh, even more excitement to get to. Yeah, it's it's awesome. All these people who have been on the show before, you know, big names in the game, coming back to help us celebrate, Baxter. Absolutely. Well, I know our next guest, um, it depends on the day you ask him. He might not always tell you that he was a big name in the game because he was like, well, my career was okay. But his broadcasting career, I think, makes him a big name in the game. But um, he is joining us uh, on theshopfutsal.com. Call in line. It is Brian Dunseth. Brian, welcome back to Two Up Front, sir. Hey, guys, I appreciate you guys having me on for the 100th episode. Congratulations. Thank you. I apologize for bringing down the level significantly <laughs> in the next few minutes. See, I told you. I was like, I've had, we've had Brian on enough times that anytime you try to compliment him on his career, he'll be like, no, it wasn't me. It was the other guys. It's like, I just, I just happened to be there. Well, well, talk about getting jiggy with it, Brian. I understand you're getting jiggy with it uh, in some snow on your snowboard. Oh, guys, I'm at Brighton uh, in Utah, just outside of Salt Lake City. It's 25 minutes from my house. Wow. Uh, I think this is about roughly the 40th time I've been up on the mountain. And uh, got the snow alert at 6 a.m., 14 inches. So my neighbor Zach and I are up here. It's chest high. Uh, every cut, the powder's going right in your mouth. You can't see. You can't breathe. And a uh, truly epic day. So it sounds like fun. Are you are you snowboarding while you're talking to us, or how is, uh, how is this working? I'm on the lift. I'm, I'm on the, oh, uh, nice. the iconic Millie fast chair. 
And uh, yeah, we're, we're cruising up the lift right now, but I got time for you guys. Wow. You must have a fantastic uh, cell phone carrier, too, because you sound perfect out there. So I'm a little surprised by that. Technology, man. Technology. It is. It's a beautiful thing, Brian. It could be a good sponsorship for your show, Brian. So you might, you might right. want to work that angle. Exactly. I, <laughs> I will do I my it. show so, from a ski so, lift. Guys, the, pro- the problem is Tony Miola is so poor with technology. He doesn't have a Facebook. He uses instant <laughs> messenger to communicate with the studio. Oh, my and, goodness. Uh, thankfully, he's in the Apple world, but uh, he, he is stone age when it comes to technology. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're not so we could have you on the show, Brian. I, w- I want to jump into it uh, and just talk a little bit of the USU-20s with you. Uh, I-, I don't know if you ever get opportunities to talk to Tab Ramos. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, they-, they started out with that 1-0 loss to Panama, came yeah. back last night with a big win, 4-1 over Haiti. Curious about your thoughts on where they're at and and what we may be looking at uh, for the future here with this group. Yeah, I I spoke with Tab in January at the convention, and I know Tony speaks with him regularly because of his role with the under-18s and under-19s as goalkeeper coach. Um, I I, I said this earlier, and it still hasn't changed for me. I I still think this is by far the most talented under-20 group that we've seen, regardless of how many guys that have not been cleared to take part in CONCACAF qualifying and that unfortunately is the uh is the common theme when it comes to olympic qualifying and under 20s uh, with guys not being released by their club teams overseas um I, I did not fall into the category of uh let's throw everything out the window and start over and fire tab after the loss it was disappointing i thought a few guys didn't play to their to their highest potential um but i think we saw a better team against haiti i know it's a lesser opponent but still as athletic and dangerous um, I think the team qualifies. Uh, I think it qualifies in a comfortable way, but I think it also speaks to um, how much more dynamic, how much further CONCACAF has come along. Uh, and inevitably, despite the infrastructure that the United States has financially, uh, there's something to be said about uh, country pride and the desire to put yourself in the shop window. And I think that's what we saw with Panama. That's what we saw with Haiti. And I expect to see the same uh, because these players recognize there's a lot of scouts uh, from Major League Soccer and from around the world that are paying attention uh, to what these kids can do. Yeah, and I've actually, I've actually been frustrated with those fans who have said, oh, why are we losing to the likes of Panama? And, you know, especially the, the U-20 <laughs> Panamanian team. I mean, they went to, I believe, a PK shootout with Mexico, uh, either the last tournament or a very recent tournament. You know, this is the team they lost to is not a bad team. No, not at all. And, and younger, I think one of the dynamics with Major League Soccer becoming stronger is inevitably USL becomes stronger, uh, yeah. the college game becomes stronger, and I think the identification process of these young men um, coming from the path less traveled uh, are gaining valuable and vital experience. And all it takes in CONCACAF is you know, one or two special kids uh, that have maybe assets that aren't normal, uh, and then inevitably one or two good chances and capitalizing on mistakes, because that's the name of the game. Uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a highly volatile age group kids that are figuring themselves out uh, both physically and mentally. Uh, and ultimately <laughs> you've got CONCACAF, you've got CONCACAF referees. So if, if, if anything can go wrong, it probably will go wrong. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would have to agree with you. I, Brian, I'm curious to get your opinion too. There is four RSL players on this squad, yeah. um, which might be a good thing, might be a bad thing, depending on how you look at it uh, in terms of, you know, trying to get the, you know, as many faces in, but how does that speak to the, the growth of RSL? Since I know you do cover RSL in their broadcast team. Yeah, it, it's huge, too, when you throw in Aaron Herrera in New Mexico, who's going to be an RSL homegrown, I'd say, within the next 12 months. Um, 
right now it's going to punish RSL the start of the season because Justin Glad plays such a, a big role, and they're still trying to figure out with Jordan Allen, both Lucero, Brooks Lennon, who can play on that right hand side of midfield. Uh, but very quietly, keep an eye on Danny Acosta. Yeah, um, a, a lot of expectations for a defensive midfielder, a replacement for Kyle Beckerman, even sliding into a center back role. But I think he could take over that left back role by mid season for Real Salt Lake and compete with Demar Phillips. Um, it's important. I think you got to put a feather in the cap of uh, Martin Vasquez as well. Uh, but this has been really the focal point of Craig Weibel. Um, you know, paying attention to what happens with FC Dallas, uh, paying attention to what happened with New York Red Bulls, even though a lot of those guys haven't come good within the last 12 months uh, for the first team. Uh, I think it speaks volumes to the importance of the development for the young players uh, and ultimately gaining that valuable, valuable experience of an under-20 World Cup uh, and an Olympics because that that is that's the breeding ground. That's the tried, true, and tested when it comes to the importance of, uh, of a World Cup squad. Uh, Brian, on the opposite side of things, you got a team like Canada. I don't know how much you've paid attention to them. Lost to Honduras 1-0, lost to Mexico 5-0. If you're Canadian and you're looking at this youth, you, uh, you know, this U-20 team, oh boy. how dim do you feel your future is as a fan of, of the Canadian Soccer um, Association? You know, this, this has been the talking point since my days in 95, 96, 97. Sure. You're not that old, Brian. Come on. <laughs> I'm about to turn 40, and I feel what? Like I punch myself in the face. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I remember talking to Jason Benton, Dwayne DiRosario, um, even talking to Will Johnson quite a bit about this. It's the reason why, um, you know, Jason DeVos, is, his takeover in his role, um, kind of the ed- education standpoint and, and fast-tracking coaches and trying to get higher levels. I hate to say this, but it's been an absolute disaster for mm. Canada. Um, and it's very evident and it's disappointing because there are a lot of very, very, very talented players. I'm hoping with the generation Adidas uh, Canadian rule that potentially changes things going forward. I'm hoping things are in place, uh, but I'm a pessimist by nature, unfortunately. And uh, there is a ton of work to do for Canada. Um, and it's disappointing because I think there's a lot of good young players. Yeah, I would agree uh, with are, you. That, that are capable of playing. They just need more experience, more time, and more financial stability. Can they learn anything from the success of the women's team? Because I feel like the Canadian women's team has been such a powerhouse even the last decade. Uh, you know, it's 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 a fascinating dynamic, isn't it? Because the women's team primarily is getting their their baseline experience in the in, in NCAA. Yeah. Um, and. That I guess we can't necessarily say the same when it comes to uh, the college game here True. in the United States. Uh, but, I mean, listen, Kyle Aaron uh, is a perfect example of how dynamic some of these young guys can get. And you have such an interesting crossbreed of foreign-born Canadians, um, Caribbean Canadians. Uh, you know, Andy Williams could have represented Canada as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's, there, there's, there's a lot of storylines there, but ultimately Canada has to have success to be able to pull the dual nationals that can ultimately make a massive difference. Uh, since you brought up some MLS players, I'd, I'd love to move a little bit more to MLS, Brian, while we have you. Uh, this coming season, every team's been using their, their TAM money, targeted allocation <laughs> money. Uh, it, it, I have to say it gets me excited in the way that teams are finally able to add some depth with this yeah, money. Agreed. Uh, yep. But I, I'm also curious of, is there a little concern that so much of this money is being used on foreign players that, uh, you know, some of that American talent may be diluted a bit? Um, I don't think the talent's diluted. I definitely think the pay scale could be uh, skewed a little bit. Um, but this is the same thing that happened in the in the late 90s with the league starting. Um, and ultimately, 
you are seeing guys rewarded with target allocation money. Um, and, and, and it was designated players with Beasler and Zussi. Um, you, you could throw Beckerman. in there's, there's guys, even guys like Ozzy Alonso and Diego Chara, uh, that come into play, uh, Fernando Adi, um, you know, there's probably a bigger conversation about the stunted development of American players. Uh, but that's, I, I'm sorry, that's what I meant. Stunted, not diluted. Thank you for uh, yeah. finding the right adjective for me. <laughs> well, and, and, and I wonder. Well, and I wonder the USL two side uh, with the clubs teams with Real Monarchs and S two and LA Galaxy two and so on and so forth. Um, that that needs to be looked at from a coach's perspective and a player's perspective is no longer a punishment, yeah. uh, but an opportunity. Um, and that's, uh, it's still a reality that guys view it as a punishment. Um, here's where I fall in line and being a young player coming in the league where there was an 18 man roster, uh, and trying to figure out a way to prove to Thomas Rongan that I deserve to play for the new England revolution alongside an Alexi Lawless or a Dan Kalichman or a Mauricio, Wright. Um, at some point we got to stop making excuses for the American player. And if they're good enough, uh, and if they want to be good enough, uh, then they'll compete at the highest level. It can't always be about money. It always can't. It can't always be about oh, the foreign players are taking our spots. It can't always be about well, the coach doesn't really develop. At, at some point, the players have to take responsibility on their shoulders alone. Because you know the reality is there there should be a talking point about the psychology of the foreign-born player versus the American player. And there's a there's a desire, a lack of desire, with a lot of these young kids who've been given everything from day one versus uh you know kids that look at look at the game as uh the best option for them their family and and for their own personal lives going forward too long we've talked about under 17s and under 20s and the kids wearing 200 hundred dollar nike boots and, and given everything and being coddled and never held accountable and then, hated those kids uh, have, having a, having a huge reality check when they make it to the first team um but yeah listen going back to the conversation target allocation money makes the league better it makes us more com- more competitive uh, with Liga MX, uh, which is our, our, our biggest adversary and our, and our biggest competition. Um, so I think it's a huge step forward. I do think the target allocation money, and I have to say this because I don't think it's been talked about enough, I think target allocation money is recorrecting the market mm. uh, in terms of designated players have been hired uh, over the last three or four years and primarily attack-minded players. I think with target allocation, and that's where you see a lot of teams that are top-heavy um, and can score goals but can see goals at massive amounts i think target allocation money and tam are now affording teams to go out and get central defenders defensive midfielders even outside backs uh that can be difference makers um and then that money can kind of be trickled out throughout the team and no longer are uh is it looked down upon or frowned upon that a center back's a dp or an outside back's a dp it's more about making a, a well-rounded club. That's a great observation. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Brian, we know we got to let you run, but I want to just get your two cents really fast. Last time you and I talked, the Revolution only had three defenders on the roster. They've signed a couple <laughs> more since that point. Uh, yeah. Your thoughts briefly about what New England's done in the last couple of weeks. A uh, couple, good, couple good moves. Um, was not surprised to see Bobby Shuttleworth move. Was surprised to see them uh, get back Femi. Yeah. Um, I still think uh, it'll be interesting to see. There, there's always a lot of promise. Um, there's a lot of hope, and this is the point of the season where I get a kick out of all the teams trying to tell us, uh, the pundits and the fans, that this is the best player you've ever seen and he's going to make our team better. <laughs> yeah. And then you can look back in October and start laughing about all those <laughs> players that have been released. Um, with all this target allocation money and all these foreigners, and specifically talking to the two center backs, it'll be interesting to see how quickly they can acclimate. Uh, obviously, this comes into play, mm-hmm. uh, and the Eastern Conference is much, much, much more competitive than it was a year ago. Yeah, uh, you guys know where my loyalty lies. I, I, I want to see the Revs in the playoffs, um, and I think the team is strong enough, uh, most definitely strong enough to uh, 
to be a three to six position uh, in the Eastern Conference this season. Makes total sense to me. Well, Brian, you be safe out there and uh, take some sweet videos for us to, so the world can see how <laughs> awesome you are shredding through the snow. Uh, I appreciate it. Give me about two minutes and I'll, I'm going to strap in right now. I'm literally underneath the Millie Bowl. Uh, so I'm going to drop in and, and hopefully I'll have some more fun before I got to go back to the real job. On <laughs> Sounds like a plan, Brian. We'll be safe and we appreciate you taking the time yeah. today, sir. Thanks again, yeah, Brian. Hey, guys. Again, congratulations, man. You guys do great stuff. We appreciate it, Brian. We'll talk to you soon. There goes Brian on the shopfutsal.com call in line. When we come back, the She Believes Cup roster has been released. We'll talk about that and break down what's going on with the uh, NWSL and some of the more recent announcements as well. You're listening to Two Up Front Show 100 live right here on Spreaker.com. Back with more right after this. Presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan. Show 100 rolling right along. Great to hear from Brian Dunseth, good friend of the show. Uh, we are very supportive of the work he does over there at Sirius XMFC, and uh, he's equally supportive of the work we do here. So very great to have uh, friends among uh, among us on a yeah, day like today. And, and as I said, too, during that conversation, what a, you know, I've kind of noticed how rosters have evened out, but it was just a great observation for him to talk about how the best use of this TAM money that we've really seen is, is allowing teams to build up defensively. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's one of the things he brought up about Liga MX being our adversary, going back to our conversation, Baxter, about Champions League. Mm-hmm. That's what eventually is going to help MLS teams find, to finally win this tournament. Uh, it would help if the schedule worked a little bit more in MLS's favor, but that's, that's a whole also other true. conversation. <laughs> and, and, but, you know, it's, it, it's tough because MLS chooses to follow a different calendar than, than most of our confederation does you're right uh but but overall having those even teams having that depth that's what's eventually going to get mls over this hump of not being able to win this tournament so again just great conversation great observation and uh you know brian while you're out there be safe but have fun exactly right live it up man i can't believe he's that old he can't be 40 you hey, can't hey, be 40 okay thank you i was gonna say <laughs> you hey, look far too here. good you're, like, you're at least 35 come on all right, so time to take a look at the 2017 She Believes Cup camp roster that has been released. Uh, the ladies for the U.S. Women's National Team are down in beautiful uh, Orlando, California, which is super confusing.
confusing when you think about it. Uh, that's why I said down there, and then I re- keep writing the sentence. I'm like, no, California, Orlando, California. That doesn't make sense. I didn't realize there was is an it, Orlando, is California. It Orlando, California. It says Orlando, comma, Calif. So I would assume there's an Orlando, California. We'll have an intern Google that. <laughs> I don't know. That would be me. That would be <laughs> Thank you, Simon. <laughs> quickly, quickly. Orlando, California, that's a thing? I, I'm looking. I'm okay. looking here. Huh. Well, I'm going to go to the BBC website, see what they have to say. (laughs) There you go. Well, the roster composed of uh, several, many, well, several, uh, many talented ladies that we are, that we know very well. Some have been on the program before, others uh, continuing to make a name for themselves. Uh, You look all across the roster, we can just run through it really fast. Morgan Bryan, Jane Campbell, Crystal Dunn, Ashlyn Harris, Tobin Heath, Lindsay Horan, Julie Johnston, Sarah Killian, Allie Krieger, Rose Lavelle, Carly Lord, Allie Long, Sam Mewis, Alex Morgan, Alyssa Nayer, uh, Kelly O'Hara, Brianna Pinto, Mal Pugh, Kristen Press, Amy Rodriguez, Becky Sauerbrunn, Casey Short, Emily Sonnet, and Lynn Williams. Makes me happy to say that I think at least four of those ladies have been on our show. Pretty positive I can count at least four. Yeah. Well, Casey. Five. Crystal. Yep. Um, Casey, Crystal, uh, Lynn, Sam, and Allie. There you go. Boom. Uh, two of these players will be cut, Baxter, before this tournament does kick off. There. Yep. It's a, they've got 27 players named to the roster. Only 25 can actually be named to the tournament roster. So I'm curious, you usually ask me the questions. I'm going to ask you a question that I haven't prepped you for. That's fine. Who are the two that get cut? Uh, well, based off of just not knowing a lot about uh, Brianna Pinto, I could see the fact that she does not have the seniority that a lot of these other players do. I could see her potentially being sent home. Um, obviously, you'd like to see that youth movement uh, continue. Uh, I could see her maybe going home. That's more so for me not knowing a lot about her. Uh, but anytime you add these younger players, uh, you could see, you know, maybe a Sarah Killian going home as well too. But um, you know, I don't know what the go- what the goalkeeper rule is if they have to keep two or three. In that case, I could see them sending Jane Campbell home, right, and then right. keeping Ashlyn Harris and uh, Alyssa Nayer. Aside from that, it really is tough. Maybe Amy Rodriguez because maybe she's just not fit enough yet after you know going through the whole pregnancy and then uh, trying to get back into the the swing of things. So. Um, I could see maybe her getting knocked off because they have so many other talented players that can fill in either at the forward or that attacking midfield position as well, too. But you'd like to see her get the opportunity, of course. But, um, yeah, it's it's a hard roster. You look through it all and you're like, well, if you had to cut two, it's like, um, well, um, yeah, I don't I don't fully know. But those would be my two picks. Uh, in that regard. What about yourself? Yeah, I, I would agree with Brianna Pinto as well. You know, you look at everybody else tied to basically either a top European club or an NWSL club. Uh, she is not. So I, I could see her being brought into this camp for the experience and then saying, thanks, we'll see you later. Yes. And the same thing with the, with the, with the roster rule with goalkeepers. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe we should have done a research beforehand. Probably. But uh, either Jane Campbell or, as you had said, so I'm basically just reiterating what you're saying, Amy Rodriguez, you know, what she brought in to, to get those legs back under her, and now it's okay, thanks. Go keep uh, working out, and, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, exactly. Um, some of these players, just uh, it's more U.S. soccer being slow um, because obviously Rose Lavelle plays for the Boston Breakers now. Um, she 
is not placed for Cincinnati United. So you, know, you look at some of these players. Mal Pugh does still play for Real Colorado, but uh, the team just ha- the U.S. national team just has not updated some of these uh, moves just yet, unfortunately. So they must be in camp, Baxter, in Orlando, Florida, because there is no Orlando, California. That's There's so Orlando, why do they, California. It, but uh, the tournament... Could for, be par for the course for the national team some days. I know most of the women's soccer supporters know where this tournament's being played, but it's in, it's in three cities this year. Chester, Pennsylvania, Harrison, New Jersey, and uh, Washington, D.C. Does that surprise you at all that some of these games still take place at RFK Stadium? Yes, it does. Why? I don't understand why. You've got numerous venues around the world or around the country, rather, that you can play, and why do you choose to go play at RFK? That doesn't make any sense to me, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't know, but, uh, you know, some great teams in this tournament, England, France, and Germany, make up the rest of it. Uh, those are, those are, and they're all bringing, basically, full-strength rosters because they're preparing for the Euros for this summer. Yeah. So these, these are going to be good tests for the U.S. team. You're absolutely right. March 1st, uh, USA-Germany. March 4th, USA-England. And March 7th, USA-France. Uh, the U.S., of course, won the tournament last year uh, after Alex Morgan basically put the team on her back and just completely uh, dominated all and every player that came at her, basically. I think many will remember her incredible goal, I believe, that she scored against France uh, to really just help that uh, that comeback, I think, in, that, in that, that game. I believe they ended up drawing that game. It was a 2-2 or 3-3. I forget what it was, but there was a, just an incredible uh, game that Alex Morgan had last year in the 91st minute. Yeah, does, is the U.S. a favorite going into this tournament? I'd like to think so. Uh, there's no Hope Solo like they had last year, no Megan Rapinoe like they had last year, but no Lauren Holiday. Well, either. and Rapinoe was just, you know, it's not like she's not there for injury. She was yeah, left she off just, the was team. Just chosen, yeah, exactly. But Kalei Yohai is another one that I was a little surprised. Jess McDonald. At, at first, surprised that Ohai wasn't named to this, but then you do look at the forwards they have in there, and it's kind of like. She's going okay. to be the last one out, honestly, right. because yep. we all know that Lynn Williams is the better forward. If you had to go Lynn Williams against Ohai, Lynn Williams will win that battle, and I always would choose Lynn Williams over Ohai until I see more from her. I think she's a great player. I think she has a lot to offer, of course, but Lynn Williams, a more fluid, uh, pure forward, in my opinion. Well, then you have somebody like Crystal Dunn who can play both midfield and forward. A number of other players on there. I just lost my screen, Baxter. Uh, Kristen Press, of course. Of course, yeah. You, you know, I mean, so yeah. you look again. You just look at the number of forwards they have in this on this roster, and, yeah. it, and it makes sense. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that one. No Sydney Larue, of course, either. But um, she is still in the process of getting back to match fitness after, of course, having their, her baby Cassius as well, who's just an absolutely adorable person uh, to follow on Instagram, which is always a fun thing to do. Baxter, outside of this tournament, I'm excited to see that there's talk of the U.S. women going overseas to Finally. play some friendlies. This will be the first time since 2015. Wow. And now listen, it, it doesn't surprise me that you see this U.S. women's team struggling at times when they get off of American soil because they don't play off of American soil unless it's big tournaments. So it's important that Jill Ellis and U.S. soccer continue to look for ways to have friendlies off of American soil. You're absolutely right about that. How are you supposed to continue to build a, a team if you cannot you know, be well-versed in you know, international play? That's why sometimes the men's national team struggles as well, too. 
uh, because they do play a lot of friendlies at home. And then when they go down to Panama or Trinidad and Tobago, they sometimes struggle initially because they're so used to playing in those cushy stadiums on those cushy fields that they're not used to the elements that sometimes CONCACAF throws at them. Absolutely. Uh, can we talk about Canada real quick? Of course. Uh, Canada playing the, I think it's, I think you say Elgrave? I think Elgarve so, yeah. Cup, uh, which the U.S. used to participate in until they had the She Believes Cup. That was a tournament I loved to see the U.S. play in because that was also a tournament where they had teams like England, France, and Germany. Yep. And again, it's held in Portugal, so it gives these women experience yeah. off of American shores. But Canada actually opting for a little bit of a younger squad to, to give them some t- you know, high-intense tournament experience. Yep. However, they do have their captain, Christine Sinclair, still leading the way. Way to go, Christine. She'll be, she'll play forever. She's kind of like Abby Wambach. She's timeless, I right, feel like. Right, right. She'll <laughs> always find a way to score a goal or find a way to just be a leader. Uh, but uh, rightfully so. She's earned that, that cause. Uh, and then briefly, fast here before we have to run to another break to conclude our one of our two-hour show today. Uh, the NWSL releasing their opening uh, weekend slate of games. Preseason officially kicking off Monday, March 13th, and April 15th, 16th will be opening weekend for NWSL. It'll be Houston hosting Chicago, Portland hosting Orlando, Seattle hosting Sky Blue, Washington hosting the North Carolina Courage in the rematch. The rematch, a very reimagined Washington spirit. I'm so, can I, and, and, a, and a new name for the Western New York Flash. I, I, yeah, I was going to, I don't know if I'll be mean. I'm not going to be mean. Anyway. Yeah, don't be mean. I won't be mean. And FC Kansas City playing host to uh, the Boston Breakers. Any of those games jump out at you as? Uh, yeah, Portland-Orlando, because that'll be the first game on the new A&E Networks, rightfully so. The two most watched franchises you put on the TV network to make your ratings better and overinflated because that will not be the same case. Yeah, and I'm, I, uh, April 22nd is the Chicago Red Stars home opener taking on FC Kansas City. I'm actually excited about that one now that FC Kansas City is going to have some of their players back. They're a little bit revamped as well. Yeah. So I'm curious to see this this very strong Red Stars team take on we this gotta uh, get to the Chicago Red questionable Stars this FC Kansas City team. Yeah, you're absolutely and, and right And by questionable, that. I don't mean questionable in ethics or no, anything like that just what are they like, going to be exactly and even the players that we've talked to as well we've had nicole barnhart on the show mandy laddish and others and they're like yeah it's going to be a fun season but we we even don't fully know yet what's going to happen you get larue back you get amy rodriguez back anything is possible at that point all right we are going to run to a, another break we will be back with our number two of the program joined by our good friend chris blakely on the shop call in line stay with us we'll be back with more on our 100th show of two up front right after this
Welcome back inside the Attention Era Media Studios. Hour number two of two up front. I never thought I'd have to say those words. It's weird. I've never had to say hour number two of the program before, have we? I don't think we have. We've done longer than hour We've shows. We've done like 90-minute shows, yeah, but, but you never really two hours. Yeah, but you don't really call it hour two of a 90-minute right. show. It's like hour seven or minute 70 we, of a 90-minute show. I think we used show. to say like the final third or something, something like, like you know, that. Some soccer term. Some so. cheeky little. So second half. Quick. Here's the second half of the show. Yeah, the second half. The, the whistle has blown. We are on our way for the second half of the program. And who better, Simon, than to start it with a man that knows a lot about winning, uh, at least in a franchise that nobody likes, especially <laughs> in the Cascadia region. <laughs> Uh, it's Chris Blakely. He's back with us now. Post Seattle Sounders winning the MLS Cup, we haven't had him on the show since, and now he's here. So you can officially gloat, Chris. We we, we had to let him calm down before we decided to bring him on. The, Took him three uh, on months the, on the to show. calm down, I guess. But uh, Chris, how how are you, sir? I'm doing well, and it's only been two months and twelve days. Do we need I'm, to make doing... it thirteen? Yeah, right. I think Chris, Chris we're losing you. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, sorry. Uh, Bye, Chris. No, just kidding. No, Chris. it's honestly, I still have a hard time believing it. Really? Um, it's it's outside of the Seahawks winning the Super Bowl. This is probably one of the things. It's it's very hard for me to still just believe that they had the incredible turnaround. That I called, by the way, um, and <laughs> you heard it here first. Get, <laughs> well, and then you know they they go to the playoffs. They dispatch Dallas. They have a hard fought win against Colorado, and then they go to Toronto in literally like almost sub zero temperatures. But they were used beat. to that, though. I feel like. Well, no, you know, see, it, Seattle, it, it, the Cascadia region doesn't get that type of weather. It rains yeah, in and, Seattle. Well, pff, rain's different than like. <laughs> I, I would take sub zero. Well, actually, no, I wouldn't. I'm I was going to say, careful, careful. I'll, I'll take I'll take 180 straight days of rain compared to sub zero temperature. That's just me personally, but it's just you know they weren't used to it. But they they did what they needed to do. Yes, they didn't get a shot on goal. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't know how that happened. That still is so but, sad when you think about that. It's like really, how did you win MLS <laughs> Cup without even getting a shot on goal? That just that won, that part but, frustrates me. That's such a Seattle thing to do. It is. You know, we like to be different. Um, we, you know, it, we won. They won. I, should, I can't say we. I don't play for the team. They won because <laughs> Stefan Fry. Yes. That absolutely. save in yep. second the, half. The save. That I still get, thinking about it right now, I'm getting goosebumps. Every time I see the video, I'm getting goosebumps. Every time I see the photo, I get goosebumps. I mean, I have people who aren't even soccer friends of mine calling me and texting me saying, oh, my God, that was an incredible save. How the heck did he do it? Yeah. I don't know. He doesn't know. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And I love how they ask you, too. Like, Chris, obviously, you should know. It's like, I write about it. I wasn't there. I don't know. Well, the thing is, you know, he did – Altador did exactly what you're supposed to do. You put the header – you send the header back to where the ball came from. And it was almost like Fry knew it was coming, and he shifted his weight perfectly at the right time. And just got his palm on it. I still can't. I just love the reaction of the people behind the goal. That's priceless. Yes. But, uh, no, it, it's been great. Um, actually, I finally get to get to see the cup on Sunday personally. Um, I got a little get-together with some of my supporter group friends that were going to hang out. And I, I finally get to see it and might get a picture or two with it. Yeah, so. you got to do it. You had that when they won the Shield, didn't you? You have a, I think there was a uh, picture yeah. of you. Yeah, I, I have a couple photos on my Facebook with that. I was about the third or fourth person once it left the stadium to actually get to touch it. So that was pretty cool. So, um, you know, it's, I, I'm excited. I'm a little, you know, it's still, like I said, it, it just doesn't feel real. I think when I finally see the cup, it's going to be like, oh, okay, 
it actually happened. <laughs> Well, Chris, one of the things I, I do have to ask you about is you were tweeting out about this, that it was amazing, first of all, the amount of people that showed up for the celebration parade. But what was just as amazing is the lack of coverage <laughs> your team no, got in the local papers. Well, you know, that that's a very sore subject for a lot of us, including myself. Um, but, I mean, the, look, know, it's, it's, but the coverage on Vavil USA was outstanding. Well, <laughs> but, well let, that could have been better too. I mean, let, <laughs> let me just jump in though and say, you know, it, it really is amazing that in this day and age, and, and again, maybe it is a real or reality check, but this is a team that outpaces the Seattle Mariners in attendance. This is the team that that the city absolutely loves. So it's it's one thing to say, you know, a local, uh, perhaps minor league club's not getting attention, but it's another thing when we're talking about a club that sells well maybe not sells out the stadium in totality but but pretty darn close and like i said they're 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 getting more fans there than the mariners are well i mean are the papers just scared to cover this team or or what's the deal i don't know uh it seems like even though like right now a prime example would be you know it's obviously the offseason nfl but yet we're still getting a ton of coverage about the seahawks and i get it they're a great team sure sure five five years of playing well well, (laughs) Sorry. That's another continue. conversation continue. for continue. another time. But, you know, uh, they're on their third different beat writer now for covering the Sounders. A few years ago, they had Joshua Mayers. He left. Matt Pence came in. He's no longer with them due to cutbacks. And now they have Jeff Baker uh, covering and writing about the Sounders. I'm going to leave my personal opinion out of that about Mr. Baker and Mr. Pence. I, I personally, I have a lot of love and respect for Pence. Um, he's helped me out a lot in my time. But, you know, it, I don't get it. It's just they seem more focused on the Mariners, on the Huskies basketball, which is horrible. Um, you know, they, they just don't seem to care about Seattle and then – or about Sounders, excuse me. Sure. And then, you know, even on the radio, they don't talk about them. And they're like, well, we've asked people. And people said, well, we don't want to hear about it. Even They're like, even you soccer fans are saying that. And I'm like, I because don't know the, You probably fan. don't have the right people to ask the, t- the talk the, to talk the talk and, you know, and ask the right questions. I mean, it's one thing to have a – a random sports hoo-ha on the radio talking about, well, Seattle won a game, but if you actually don't have an understanding of the game, well, that's true. what good that's... are you? You know, if you're trying to well, talk about it. That's why I'd be awful talking about baseball, because I don't have a darn clue about it. Yeah, and I'm kind of the same way. I love the sport, but I don't know a ton about it. Now, the the local ESPN affiliate out here used to have a guy that would dedicate at least once a week uh, about a half-hour hour to the Sounders, and he would have the Sounders' former play-by-play guy, Ross Fletcher. On. That was a great hour of radio, in my mind. Sure. But... They let go of him, and then that went away. So, I mean, it's just something that's going to always struggle out here. Um, you know, that's why there. it is nice to have yes, websites yeah. out there, such as Avavel USA or even the uh, Sounder at Heart. You know, they do yeah. great work with Both the Sounders. Of you do I get a lot work. of my – I get a lot of my – I won't lie. I get a lot of my coverage from Sounder at Heart because they do great work. You yeah. know, and they, they, they get a lot of the breaking news that's up immediately. So, but I don't – it's it's always going to be a struggle. Um you know, it, it is what it is, even though the Mariners are absolutely horrible, but they're still going to play, I guess, second, third fiddle to the other teams. Yeah. I I, I don't know. That's the thing. If you, with a team as popular as Seattle, that's definitely a, a hit or miss, I feel like. But, um, but Chris, I, I hate to, to let you go, but we got to keep moving on with the program. But it was wonderful to hear from you again, sir. Let's, uh, let's do this a little bit more when you and Simon can just actually talk about how good or bad Cascadia is. And I wanted to talk about <laughs> Freddie Montero, but we didn't get a chance to do that. Um, uh, yeah, I, we'll save that for later. There you go. I was going to say, I can give you 10 <laughs> seconds about that. But, yeah, we'll, we'll save it for more in-depth uh, stuff later. But uh, where can people find you on Twitter and uh, your writing, sir? 
uh, Twitter handles uh, at the real C Blakely. That's B L A K E L Y and uh, Babel USA Soccer and WSL section. However you want to look at it. And personally, I'm okay with Freddie going to Vancouver, but we can do more about that later. Good to know. All right, Chris. Always a pleasure, sir. Thank you for joining us for Show 100, sir. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Chris. There goes Chris Blakely on theshopfutsal.com. Call in line. When we come back, Jonathan Campbell of the Chicago Fire is going to join us. I didn't get to talk to him last time he was on the show, but Simon did. So uh, I'll get to play third fiddle to that bromance (laughs) and uh, see what happens when we come back. It's two up front. Show 100 presented by shopfutsal.com. Three lines pub. Too much metal for one hand. Attentionary media. It goes on and on. We'll be back with more right after this. Simon Provan, currently sending out an email, Baxter. Yes, yes, we are in the process of trying to secure our guest for this next uh, segment. Um, Very excited to be on the program, but apparently so excited that he can't get to his phone right now. But if you please leave a message after the beep. No, that's not it. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to have Jonathan Campbell on of the Chicago Fire with us shortly. Uh, It'll be good to hear from him again as well. Uh, I want to make a a, a shout-out here briefly Simon, to a, a, a wonderful person that has been tweeting at us uh, fairly consistently the last couple of weeks um, since we've had since we had our discussion about Bridgeview and how awful it is to get to the stadiums, and we've had some people be like, "No, Bridgeview is great," and other people like, "It's terrible," and 
uh, I, some people. Then we talked about donuts last week with uh, with Steph McCaffrey, and you know people have been all over the place with that as well too. But I, wa- I wanted to uh, extend a special thanks to, uh, to to KL. I believe that's how you say her name, KL Parker, for her support uh, of Two Up Front, uh, and she she says she has thoughts about Freddie Montero. Uh, and she'll also second Steph McCaffrey on the Chicago donut situation as well, too. <laughs> so uh, big thanks to, to KL awesome. for her yeah. her thoughts about that. But, um, yeah, so basically, I mean, and I, I think we, I respond to this as well, too, as the show account. But um, Chicago just always finds a way to get screwed out of new DPs coming in, basically. Because I believe, once again, Chicago's top of the allocation order. And somehow they still missed out on Freddie Montero. Um, as she's just furious about that, I guess. But we'll have to get her on the show at some point or try to somehow hook up with her to, to have her show us the donut scene in Chicago or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I still think, though, that, that we're going to see a strong fire team. You know, I think uh, so. I mean, they're, granted, it's preseason, but they're undefeated in preseason. They're putting up some great numbers. Though. Browns were undefeated in preseason, too. I sure. understand <laughs> that. I understand that. Uh, but the Browns weren't making any moves. Correct. Uh, I mean, they got Namata Nikolic. In there now. True. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of young, talented players. Of course, Jonathan Campbell being one of them. Brian, Brandon Vincent. Exactly. Yep. So I think we're going to see a much stronger fire team this year. Uh, Arturo Alvarez is also on the team. Of course, David Akam is on the team. What's a realistic finish? Or what's an expectation that Chicago can actually bank on saying, you know what, if we at least finish here we can count this season as a success yeah, I, obviously well, not last place no of course, no but I, I do think they got to make the playoffs to call this season a success so Jonathan would say the same thing I mean we talked about that in the off season, and and uh it is it's a, it's about making the playoffs I yeah. mean Panovic comes in with a very strong play a uh, very strong sense of what he wants to do congratulations to the fire for giving him time to do that and, and I mean that sincerely you got too many clubs that just Swansea that uh, Swansea, Swansea. But, uh, you know, but you get too many clubs that just say, ah, it's not working. See you later. Yeah. Um, where Chicago is saying, okay, we're, we're, we're going to give you time. And you know, that's important. Fun fact. How, not a fun fact. How's this for a hot take Chicago and ASL when that happens, Peter Wilt brings back Bob Bradley. <laughs> Sorry. Just had to throw that out there. I, you know, I think that would be cool. He, he bought, he brought Bradley in to, uh, to coach the fire yeah. in their first couple of seasons. Obviously Bob, it was a historic fire one out and yeah. one MLS Cup. At that time, it looked like a bowling ball. But nevertheless, they did win uh, Yeah, MLS I did. Cup. I remember that. That was just the weirdest-looking trophy for a long time. <laughs> it was like, it's not a cup. So right. what? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, we can kind of keep talking about Chicago here at least a little bit or just dive into MLS You know, more. actually, I, I'm going to do something totally uh, Please. unplanned here. I Baxter. like when you do this. You know, this is so going, often I'm putting going, you on your toes. Right. No, going back to the summer. All right, we had interviewed... Uh, a Houston Dash player uh, that, yes. uh, that, that we, we had asked a question that for us, you know, we always ask our guests beforehand, is there anything off limits? Yes, always. And, and, and we were told no that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but things blew up at some point when, when some program out of Houston picked About three up. Three weeks later, yeah. Three weeks later uh, picked up our, our program. You know, we, we talked to the Houston Dash uh, media coordinator apologized to him for what you know he thought we had overstepped our yes. bounds, and, and we've never done that since then. Nope. Um, but I don't think we've ever publicly apologized because we've been sitting here going, "Well, you know, we were never told that wasn't off limits." Yes, and, and we knew it was coming. And it was okayed as well by the player off the air, right? Right, because we double checked as well. And it, and and uh, you know, it was it was for the fact that we're based out of Wisconsin, exactly. And and, and who we asked her about literally lives. 
in the city next door to where I live. Yes. You know, so that, that was the whole angle. So for anybody who may still be upset about that, know that we have made efforts to uh, rectify that situation. Yes, multiple we, times. We, we had no control over, uh, you know, it's, we didn't go out and sell that episode nope. to anybody. Somebody, like it I said, from the weeks. Houston market picked up that show. <laughs> right. It yeah. took three weeks. It exploded, of course. Um, but, but the ironic thing about that situation, too, Baxter, again, we, we sincerely apologize for anybody who got upset about that. Uh, but, but the interesting thing was a lot of the people that got upset, that was the first time they ever talked about our podcast. Yeah. And we have covered the NWSL Religiously. In depth, religiously, because we really support that league. Yeah. Not only that, but that, that interview, 95% of that interview was all about her time with the Houston Dash would, and the U.S. Yeah. Women's National Team. Uh, that, that was when she was first getting called up to the U.S. Women's yeah. National Team. That was right as her first one. Yep, exactly. And that was why I think so many people were so excited about the interview as a whole. And then people got rid of the whole 95%. Right. Even, I would say even 97.5% of the interview that was just about her career and her accomplishments to that point and how, you know, landmark of this move this was for her to go to the national team. I, I, I just, it was, it was upsetting, honestly. Yeah, but it, but, but we're not naive to realize that, um, that's, what's going to make the news right now for yeah. women's professional soccer. Um, so what basically my point out of all of this is again, that we've never publicly said, you know, we, we feel bad about how that happened. We do. And on top of that, if you're one of those people that thinks that that's all we do, go back and listen to all of our other interviews. You'll never hear questions like that asked. But do know at the same time that whenever we have a guest come on our show, we always ask them beforehand. Absolutely. Is there anything that we should not touch? Yes. I mean, and you can vouch for this too. We had Peter Wiltown who's been on five (laughs) or six times. And I said, hey, Peter, is there anything we don't want, you don't want us to ask him? But just because I know he's got all these business dealings going on and we sometimes know things that aren't public knowledge yet. And even still, it just, we don't ever want our guests to feel, you know, awkward or, you know, uncomfortable when they're on the air with us. Because we, we love soccer and we know they do too. And we want to continue to help promote whether it's MLS, USL, NWSL, college soccer, you know, U12 soccer. We've had your daughters on before. Like any sure. of that stuff. Yep. You know, we want to try to promote soccer on all levels. So. so, so, and I think it's important that we say this on our 100th show. I agree. And, and let people know that, first of all, we're just not going to take our chances anymore with something like that. We, we, we know. Yeah. Um, what uh, what perhaps would be pushing the boundaries? We're not interested in doing that. No, and and, and even with that, we weren't interested in pushing boundaries. No. We were we were having some fun with uh, with somebody who basically gave us the thumbs up to do so. Exactly, you're absolutely right about that. All right, well, Jonathan, unfortunately, doesn't look like he's going to be able to join us, so we're going to go uh, to another break. But when we come back, we will have a great friend of the show. I have her listed in our show notes as uh, two up fronts BFF, Rachel Wood. Uh, so we'll talk to her when we come back on the other side of the break. It's show 100 of Two Up Front. You'll be back with more right here on Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub after this.
Press presented by Three Lions Club here at the Attention Era Media Studios. If you ever missed any of today's show, you can go get it back on demand by going to Spreaker.com on iTunes, on iHeartRadio. Just search for two up front, the number two, or go to our website as well, too. I'm Baxter Colbert. This is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan. So we missed on Jonathan Campbell, unfortunately, on our last segment. Uh, it would have been great to, to have him back on the program because I didn't get a chance to speak to him when he was on, but um, you did, obviously, and that was, that was the Jonathan Campbell-Lynn Williams show, which I thought That's was right. really good. That's right. That was the one show I think I was... My wife My wife had, had our son Beckham. I was like, yeah. why was I gone? You were doing, like important stuff or something yeah yeah i guess i guess that qualifies as being important but um no i I had a great time obviously and i'm very thankful for that so all right uh like i said simon i have her listed in our show notes as the two up front bff because there's really no other way to describe how she means to the show it's rachel wood and she's back with us now on the shopfutsal.com call in line rachel hi how are you Hi. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy to be back on the air with my best friend. <laughs> I was, uh, Except for I didn't have my theme song played today, did I? Uh, you, can, you, bum, you can't bum, hear bum, what we play on bum. our end, so you, you, you don't know oh, what we're playing. Did you play my theme song? I can, <laughs> uh, I'm playing Sexy Back right now by Justin Timberlake. Does that count? Close enough. Okay, we'll go with that. We'll use that as a... Because I don't, I don't have Beyonce, unfortunately. It's not in my catalog. Uh, that's okay. That's I gotta, right. We'll find Queen Bee at some point. But anyway, so there's, there, there you go, Rachel. How, how are you? How's life? Uh, life is great. I'm just super busy. Um, and I'm loving the 50-degree weather that we have in Boston right now. Yeah, we're right, not a, been like this. we're right around that same mark here, too. Uh, you guys basically had snowmageddon, though, like a week ago. And I thought for sure you were going to get, like, buried and not be able to, to ever coach or play soccer again. I know, right? I, I like, had ptsd flashbacks of the winter of 14 where we got like 108 <laughs> inches of snow or something insane oh my gosh um, but no luckily it, it warmed up it rained so that melted a bunch of snow and now we're at always like helps 51 degrees i think tomorrow's supposed to be like 65 good so lord break out the swimsuits is, just like right i'm going tanning holy cow holy cow yeah you guys are making me feel only a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> Doesn't take much, I feel like. But um, I mean, Rachel, obviously, you're you know, we we got a, the full lowdown from you last time you were on the show about what you're doing with your with your life currently. But um, I know that we were we were kind of all over the place at the end of the show with uh, with NWSL stuff as a whole. But um, you know, you're you're our guest. What would you like us to talk about with you today? Oh my gosh, I I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I've let's see here. What is there? So. Um, I'm trying this like new health kick. If you guys want to talk about that. Oh, is, there we go. Staying fit guys, is obviously a good thing. A new health kick. Yeah, yes. you, you, we made fun of you because you came out of spinning class last time you, we talked to you, right? That is true. And I spun yesterday, but I did not spin today. And I'm actually going to play soccer today. Oh, so. well, I say if it's a beautiful yeah. day, so you might as well go play soccer, I guess. I mean, it is. But so I'm trying to cut back on my carb intake because I'm a true believer that sugar is actually a drug that no one wants to talk about. And so I've been crying for like the past week because all I want are chocolate chip cookies. And I'm actually sitting here in front of my salad right now. You should have chocolate chip cookies, though. They're good for you. Right. I know. They're good for the soul. They are. And your soul is the important thing, Rachel. Yeah. So um, health kick since not playing is um, challenging, but it's going well. Gotcha. But that's the hard thing. You know, people... You like when you stop when you stop playing or you stop training like a professional athlete, you also have to stop eating like one. <laughs> and um, 
that's been an adjustment. Yeah. I would say. I can, I can yeah. certainly understand that that uh, that change as well. To even playing D three athletics, going from the the nutrition on the soccer and football team to to no longer doing it, I was like, oh. Okay, well, this is a little bit different now, kind of a thing. But uh, you don't burn as many calories on a daily basis as you did with those, you know, two and three a day practices and all the sprints and that everything else. That is true. Well, and, that. and just on top of that, I can totally speak from experience. The older you get, the slower that metabolism gets, <laughs> and the harder it gets to, uh, you know, lose any type of weight or stay fit. Um, you know, I'm not big by any means, but yeah. I definitely have noticed a shift in my body since uh, not being able to play much anymore. And, you know, the, these last three years I have had injuries, so I haven't been able to play with my indoor teams yeah. at all. And uh, You broke your thumb. Yeah. You were breaking all Bro- kinds of I broke of a toe, things. broke a thumb, had hernia surgery this year. So oh, it's, my gosh, it's, uh, Simon. It's called getting old. <laughs> Yeah, Welcome to it. That's right. You, I'm the baby in this conversation. I always forget about that because, Rachel, you're pretty old too, aren't you? You're like you know, 20, 25, yeah. 26. Oh, my I'm 26 going on 27. Oh, and by gosh. the way, I apologize. Congratulations on your 100th show. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you. We, we appreciate you're welcome. that. I'm sorry I didn't say that up front. No, but that no, no, is no. such a huge milestone. Congratulations, you guys. Well, we appreciate that. Uh, it's all been made possible by the first time you heckled me on the air about being a Dash fan. So we appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> you forever cemented your place in the Two Up Front Hall of Fame. That's right. As the BFF. Hey, can, Rachel, can I, can I ask you something? Do you care anymore that Baxter's a Dash fan now? Doubtful. Um, not, no, well, I mean, you know, no. Are you, are you still a Breakers fan, even though you don't play for the team anymore? I'm from Boston, so I have to be a Boston fan. You know you I mean? Do you have to be, though? Well, I get what, I, I, like it. You, I know, get so what you mean. I'm not from Boston, and I'm a Revs fan. So here's the deal with Boston, and this is what I fell in love with okay. in, in this city, is that everyone that lives here or who is from here or who has since made this their home is so proud to be from Boston and everything that comes along with Boston. Sure, that makes sense. Which is why I think, you know, honestly, like the Armada has been so great for the Breakers um, these past few seasons because... Someone's got to go to their games. Yeah, and like what's great is that Boston has such a sense of pride that... True. um, That, you know, people still come and show up and have that pride regardless of of how the team is is doing. And, um, you know, luckily for us, we were in such a prideful city that, you know, we always had the support, but... That's what I really fell in love with about Boston is that they love, you know, the history and the people and the sports teams and the schools. And there's just so much going on and there's so much to be proud of. Um, And so I think that's why, you know, that's why I'm absolutely still a a Boston fan. I just I just love this place. And did you say you're you are originally from Boston or you're not? No, I'm originally from California. Okay, Mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, I hear no inkling of a. Boston accent. Yeah. I was going to ask you to the say br- park the car in the Harvard Yard, but it, <laughs> it won't. It won't matter. I have been practicing my accent. Oh, good. Let's hear. It let's hear it then. Let's hear. Well, it's sort of like you know, it, it, it switches back and forth between like Boston and Long Island. So okay. it's not. I'm not. I'm not fluent in it yet. I'm not fluent in Bostonian. Well, Bostonian. Can, can I can I hear you say park the car in the Harvard Yard? Pack the cat and have it, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. That was not bad, yeah. We had Steph McCaffrey on the show last week, and people were commenting on her Boston accent, even though she lives she in Chicago now. She does a fantastic Boston accent, especially <laughs> like when she when she imitates her mom. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is so good. So good. So, Rachel, I don't know if you've been following any of the uh, NWSL preseason, but I'd love to get your thoughts on this upcoming season, if you don't mind. 
Absolutely. Uh, we got the home openers were announced. Baxter and I were talking about this a little bit beforehand. Just Woo. wondering, uh, perhaps which game? Obviously, you're going to say Boston, uh, but, but but which game you've got? Why uh, would you want to watch the Boston Sky Blue game? Highlighted on your uh, highlighted on your calendar. Oh yes, highlighted starred numbers, <laughs> alerts. You could say you have red stars, depending on if it's the Houston Chicago game. Ha ha. Ah. So I actually. I I have to confess that I did see that home openers were announced. However, my day was so crazy yesterday that I haven't had a chance to actually sit down and look at the schedule. Would you like us to tell um, you who it is? That would be great. But I will say this. Kudos to Orlando's marketing team because I do remember – this is the one that I remember uh, seeing on Instagram as I was scrolling in between sessions um, – <laughs> that their home opener is going to be at their new stadium and I just can't wait to see the stadium. So I think that's going yeah. to be, I think that's going to be a really cool event. Um, so I'm looking agree. forward to that. I find um, it, I yeah, find it interesting me... too, that Orlando plays Washington and that'll be, you know, Allie Krieger visiting the old, the old guard basically. Yeah. Which I think will yeah, be so interesting. Tell me, so tell me who the other games are that way I can, yeah. you know, weigh in and, um, Absolutely. So, so opening weekend, April 15th, 16th, you've got the Dash hosting the Red Stars, uh, the Thorns hosting the Pride, Seattle hosting Sky Blue, Washington hosting North Carolina, and FC Casey hosting Boston. So I'm excited to see North Carolina, honestly. Um, They're not much I'll... different, though. But here's the thing. So I think, and and I've learned this. I mean, I know that they're, you know, that Western New York is sort of the returning, you know, they're the returning champs of the NWSL. But I think a new environment and a new space and a new situation, I think, can do um, a lot for a team, both True. both good and bad. Um, you know, it's obviously they're probably going to have, you know, more space to train outdoors instead of being, you know, in upstate New York where it's it's still freezing right now. Um, you know, I think just having different people around, even just with the staff, you know, different vibe. I think I think it'll be interesting to see how that change, even though most True. of the personnel is the same. I think it'll be interesting to see how that translates um, onto the field, especially like I know Jess McDonald, right? She, um, yeah, that whole she and I were North good, Carolina. She and area. I were good friends at um, at UNC, and so I know that she's going to have a lot of pride playing there. And True. I think um, so. You know, for some of those players there's going to be an element of pride in it as well. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I, you know, I want to see um, that team take the field, but also, you know, it's going to be interesting now not having some of the, you know, some of the big names in the league. Um, and I think it could, you know, I think people have to really sort of reevaluate and take a look at the teams now that some of these national teamers are gone and say, okay, well, you know, can, you know, can Houston fill the, the Carly Lloyd nope. void, um, you know, Crystal Dunn, what's, you know. <laughs> well, everybody wanted out of Washington, though, so I guess I don't, Washington themselves needs to replace more than just Crystal Dunn, I feel like. <laughs> right, that is true, yes. Yeah, Washington had a tough offseason. They did, they really did, but they mean well, so that's all that matters, I guess. So we'll, we'll have to see, I guess, in that regards. But, um, Rachel, our time is never long enough, unfortunately, but uh, we have to get to our, our next guest. Um, but we appreciate you joining us briefly for Show 100. Thank you so much for having me on. I loved it. I think you guys do such a great job, and I'm so glad that you guys had this milestone. Congratulations. Awesome. We Thanks, Rachel. It, Rachel. Thank you very much. We'll talk All to you right. soon, okay? Bye, guys. All right. There goes Rachel Wood on the shopfootsell.com. Call in line. When we come back, we're going to be moving on with the program. 
Uh, and we are going to uh, move on to our next interview. We'll be back with more right after this. Uh, two Up Front presented by Three Lions Pub. Stay with us. Jonathan and I'm realizing Simon uh, as I'm talking that we were un- we were muted that entire time. So, this is the this is so everybody that's now tuning in has no idea what we just talked about. They heard the music run out and we were just talking amongst ourselves. We're just not used to this 2-hour window back It's so strange. It's, it's 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 like being in preseason as Jonathan could probably tell us yes, about, you know, yes, stretching exactly. out those legs. We're reminding some muscles how to work. Oh uh, my goodness. But, but Jonathan, welcome uh, welcome back to 2 up front. <laughs> Uh, thank you, thank you, guys. Absolutely. How is beautiful, sunny Florida this time of year, Jonathan? Uh, today it's not been too too great. It's actually uh, been raining a little bit, but other than that, it's been pretty flawless. Uh, just you know, warm weather throughout. Uh, the practice facilities out here at IMG are perfect, so uh, it's been nice training on these fields. 
So, Jonathan, uh, I'm going to put you on a mission. My brother actually is a coach down at the IMG Academy. He coaches a, a U17 girls team down there. So if you run into a guy named Jake Provan, that's, uh, that's my brother. <laughs> is it Jake? Yes, yep, J-A-K-E. So, uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's actually out watching you guys at all, unless he's, <laughs> un, unless he's traveling somewhere. I don't know. He's my brother. I don't know where he's at. He might be out training with the team. You never know. He was, he was a former pro, so I'm that's sure right. he's probably that's out right. there be like, I can still run with these guys. You know, I can show them a thing or two, those fire players. Come on now. Uh, but, Jonathan, <laughs> you're, you're taking on uh, FC Cincinnati today, if I've got that right. Uh, in just a, yes. just a couple of hours here, uh, you know, a, a newer club with with a lot of great support in the USL. You guys are undefeated so far in the preseason. What do you What are you looking at today? What is, What is Coach looking to do today with this game? Yeah, um, you know, we've uh, looked at FC Cincinnati. Um, I've got a good friend on that team, Andy Craven. Uh, so it'll be fun trying to match up uh, against him for the first time, I guess, with the opposing teams. Hmm. Um, but, you know, for the team, we're looking, uh, I think, to just continue building on what we've been doing. Um, mainly, I think, specifically for this game, we're trying to build it around the back a little bit quicker, um, you know, so when we have time to not just play the ball backwards, you know, look to go forward when we can um, and not always just play that safe ball backwards just to keep possession, but it allows... Uh, them to come forward so um, you know mainly to try to continue building uh, on getting the ball around the back but then also uh, once we get it forward we've been working on the patterns uh, from our attacking players on what they're doing in the box and getting into that final third Um, so those are two kind of things that we're focusing on for this game. How, how have you personally, um, in your opinion, tried to improve this uh, this preseason and even in the, during the off season as well? In the off season, you know, I was just trying to work on uh, my touch mainly, um, just little skills here and there. Uh, I was back in North Carolina, so I wasn't playing as much um, in big groups with other people. Uh, so it was a lot of just uh, me and the ball, um, and you know, with that. Um, just individual skills. And then this, this, uh, preseason, uh, you know, just trying to get back into the flow of playing. Um, and with that, I think you're going to have some ups and downs. And so right now, just trying to work on that consistency, uh, throughout so that when the season comes around, you know, you're playing at a consistent level, um, and you're back to where every day, you know, you're bringing your A game. Uh, Jonathan, it's been uh, quite an off season for the club itself, bringing in a number of players. Of course, Namada being uh, Namada uh, Nikolic, perhaps being the, the the big name coming over. Uh, how excited are you about this coming season? Yeah, you know, I think uh, last year I was very excited um, coming into a team, and we had made some changes then. But I think I think this year, you know, I think the nice thing is that we brought in some new guys, but also some of the guys that we brought in from the previous year, now they have a year underneath them. So, you know, most of the guys, or like a lot of the guys, kind of have a year either in the MLS or just a year with the fire. And I think uh, that allows them to play at a better level. I think we're going to get just a better playing level from the the players that were already here. Um, And then bringing in those new guys, uh, they've got a lot of games underneath them. Uh, a lot of leadership, and I think 
you know, some of those guys will really help just being consistent throughout the year. Uh, I think that was something we lacked. You know, we might have like little spurts here and there, but as you know, I mean, for, for a full season and how long it is, you really have to find that consistency throughout the year. We had Brian Dunseth earlier on the show, and he was talking about how much stronger the Eastern Conference is going to be this year. So I, I got to ask you realistically, what are the chances of the fire actually making it to the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we're, we we brought in some guys that are proven to do that. Um, Dax and Janino, I mean, they're, I mean, they're great for doing that exactly. Um, so, you know, I'd like to think we have high chances. Um, and, I mean, it's a new group, new year, and, you know, a lot can change. So, um, I would say last year we started preseason very well. Um, and then we weren't able to hold on to that. So I think this year that's what we're kind of looking to do, to build off that preseason and do the same thing moving forward. Um, so, you know, I'm very positive about the team right now, and uh, I think the training sessions uh, have been a lot bit, a lot better than last year. Talking with Jonathan Campbell of the Chicago Fire on the shopfutsal.com call-in line. Jonathan, four of your six games to start the regular season are at home uh, what's a obviously? I, I obviously I know you want to try to win every single game you get on the field, but what's a what's a realistic amount of uh, points you'd like to try to accumulate out of those first six games? I mean, you play Columbus twice, uh, Real Salt Lake, Atlanta United, Montreal, and then the New England Revolution as well. Yeah, I mean, if you look at those with home games, you know, even with last year, uh, we were very difficult uh, to beat at home. You know, I know we didn't have a great season, but are that home record for MLS teams. Uh, I mean, it, it really, really does a lot for teams. Traveling uh, is pretty difficult. And uh, so I think if you look at that with the home games and who we're playing, um, you know, I don't know the exact math, but, uh, you know, I would say, you know, shooting for as many points as we can get, 12 I think would be good, um, but obviously shooting for more. And that's a realistic expectation, I feel like, as well, too. Um, yeah. you, you've, got a, you've got a season under your belt, obviously, as you mentioned earlier. So now that you've got a feel for MLS, uh, is, there a, is there a matchup that you're looking forward to uh, with an opponent or a venue you're excited to get back to um, as well to, to play somebody uh, this upcoming season now that you've got a, at least a year under your belt? Um, <clears throat> trying to think through... Um, yeah, I mean, one for me, uh, I'm not actually even sure if they're uh, on our schedule, but uh, for me, I think uh, Colorado, um, you know, we went there and played there last year. Um, and yeah, for you, me, that was... Uh, you got them at home on May 17th this year. Yeah, and, and so for me, I mean, last year, uh, I think that was a really poor performance for me. Um, and so I think, you know, I would really like to have that game back and uh, being able to perform a lot better against them. Um, so, I mean, that's one that I'm probably going to be looking forward to. Um, but also, I think it would be exciting to play, uh, you know, our our uh, opener against Columbus. But I, I think Atlanta uh, will yeah. be a really cool game, um, you know, kind of going there for the first time. Uh, I think it's at the Georgia Tech, like Bobby Dodd uh, yep, Stadium. Yep, that's correct, yeah. Um, but uh, still, even with it not being – at their new stadium. I think that'll be really cool because uh, I know they've got a lot of season ticket holders out there. 
You know, the only unfortunate thing I see in your schedule, and this is because of the way the conferences are lined up, Minnesota United only appears on your schedule once. You're playing them Saturday, August 26th. I have to imagine that with you being so close to Minneapolis, you know, this, that this has an opportunity to be a great Midwest rivalry. I'm curious about your thoughts on that. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it definitely has the potential. Um, you know, you, you never know who they're going to add to the MLS and, uh, we're going to have to see how that, that relationship develops. Um, you know, I don't think you would necessarily say you like want to just create a rival. I mean, it just <laughs> oh, but the league way. does that all you the time. I mean? just, just go out and hit somebody, uh, Jonathan. The, it's fine. I know the fans want that. Um, so, uh, you know, it would definitely create for a good story. Yeah, to say the least. I mean, like, like you know, rivalries are built off of fights, so just go out and hit somebody the first second you're <laughs> yeah. on the field. Be like, all right, we got a rivalry. I, I punched somebody <laughs> so down. I don't think we want to personally go out and try to start that. But, <laughs> um, but it's it for the good of the league, John. You know, it's exactly. for the good of the league. Come on. The hype. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. you know, we, we, we actually had Justin Davis on the show, who's a defender for Minnesota United. So I think you guys got to fight over who, who you think we – that is our favorite player between the two of you. <laughs> so there's the spark that you need. Hey, Brandon Vincent was on the show earlier, too, from, uh, from you guys as well, too, from Chicago. I'm, I'm pretty partial to Brandon as well, too. But uh, I, I don't know. I'm just, just throwing I'll that out there. I'll have to talk well to too. him about that. There you go. Like Baxter said, he'll, be, he'll probably be like, who? He'll be like, come on, Brandon. I thought we were friends. Um, I, I do have to ask you, Jonathan, because uh, we had Steph McCaffrey on last week from the Chicago Red Stars, and she raved about the donuts in Chicago. Is that a true statement or or is that just completely fabricated? Yeah, we. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but Matt Lampson, um, our goalkeeper, he did a Chicago Fire Donut tour. Did he? Um, I did not know that. To no. raise, yeah, he raised money for the Chicago Fire Foundation and his foundation, the Lampstrong Foundation. Um, and so he did a donut tour, and it was actually during the offseason, so I wasn't there. I wasn't able to go to it. But he he was definitely raving about it, and uh, we have uh, we have glazed donuts uh, really close to our house, so we go there quite often. It's a uh, it's a good treat, and uh, that sounds there's, amazing. There's a lot of options, so you won't be disappointed if you go around searching for donuts in Chicago. Uh, and I'm sure Coach was just thrilled too that his goalkeeper was walking around in the off season eating donuts, basically. <laughs> At least he was raising some money. Exactly, right? It was for a good cause, right? It's not like yeah. he was. It's not like he was doing it during a uh, a cup game on the sideline, you know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're playing Atlanta. Well, I'm gonna have a donut. Whatever. That would be awesome, though. You see goalies do all kinds of random things. Like, oh, we, of course, they, we they just stand around. We just know? saw that in the. Uh... <laughs> in the exactly. FA Cup. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, Jonathan, we got to let you run, but we are so thankful that you took the time to join us here for our 100th episode of Two Up Front, and uh, we hope to do it again soon with you, sir. All right. All right. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Absolutely. Jonathan. There goes Jonathan Campbell of the Chicago Fire on the shopfutsal.com. Call in line. Uh, when we come back, we're going to wrap up the show and uh, just uh, do an I Believe and head out. It's Two Up Front presented by Three Lions Pub. Back right after this.
Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub here at the Attention Era Media Studios. I'm Baxter Colbert. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan. 100 shows. 100. And a, a two hour show, Baxter. It's really, uh, as we kind of mentioned before, really stretching us out a bit. Yeah, it is. And apologies for those of you that were listening uh, to the Jonathan Campbell interview in our last segment. Um, the first like little bit guy. Not cut that we're off. sorry he was on. No, no, no. We, uh, I mean, unless you don't like the Chicago Fire. Now, Jonathan seemed like a nice guy. I gotta have these donuts in Chicago now. April fifteenth, when the Revolution come to town to play the Fire. I gotta, there you go. Got to go do that. I don't know. We'll see if I get down there. I, I hope so. I got to go last year. My wife was amazing and took me to the Chicago Fire Revs game. Right. Uh, so hopefully we can go make a day of it again. Because Chicago, Chicago's a fun city. It really is. We it need, is. We got to get to a Red Star right. game at least once this year. Yep. Uh, we've got so many friends now on so many different teams with the with the NWSL. We got to try to get down and say hi to some of those uh, ladies, if possible. Uh, all right, so we we tried to get Caroline Stanley from Sky Blue FC back on the program today. Tried her a couple of different times, and uh, for some reason uh, she had some other stuff come up, so she's not able to join us. Uh, but we appreciate her being willing, and she sends her best regards for Show 100 as well too. So very special thanks to Caroline uh, for be- not unfortunately not being able to come on, but for the well wishes, of course, though. Yeah, yeah. All right, Simon, uh, last segment of the last part of the show here. It is our I Believe segment where Simon and I both offer something we believe will take place in the soccer world. Uh, whether or not it actually happens, we don't really keep track of, but uh, something we, we believe should or will actually take place. Simon, do you want to go first or second? I'll go second, Baxter. I'll have, I'll have Deferring. <laughs> Won the toss and deferred. All right. All right. Usually you go first. I'm just I like, know. Oh, i got plenty yeah. of time to come up with something on the spot. No, it's fine. Um, I'm going to use my I believe um, in, in, in two parts. Um, I believe that this NWSL and MLS season are going to be big successes across all facets of the sports world because I think both have really put themselves in positions uh, to really make a difference in the sports world and to help build the soccer community. We've heard so many times that, well, soccer doesn't matter in the United States. Oh, it's a it's a low-level sport. It's an amateur sport. Nobody cares about it. But I really believe that what both of these leagues have done in the off season, you know, both on the and off the field, I think is going to be absolutely instrumental into what happens in 2017. So I wish both of the leagues... Uh, the very best. Uh, I also wanted to say a uh, thank you as uh, to you, Simon, as well for for doing 100 shows uh, and congratulating you uh, as well too for for everything that we've done with you up front. It's been amazing to see how it's grown, and uh, uh, we'll be having our official two year anniversary here, I think, in about another couple weeks. I think, but um, I think, or did we already do that? I don't remember. I think our official, like when we first started airing, I think we've we Agreed. may have surpassed the two year mark. We may have. Uh, but, but since our relaunch, that, that was the big thing. Well, actually, the relaunch would be a year. True, yeah. One year. Anyways. Either way, though, but I just still wanted to thank you, though, for your time and effort that you put in, not only on the air, but off the air as well, too, with, uh, with the different things that you take care of. So I'm Absolutely. excited for this, uh, this new adventure to go on to Brew Sports um, and just uh, to be able to reach a whole new group of people as well, too, on yeah, Wednesdays. Yeah, right back at you, Baxter. Thankful for all the work that you do, continue to do. Um, we have our different responsibilities. That's what makes us a great team. It's is, true. Is we really got a good hold on, on what we're supposed to do. And, uh, you know, uh, so so thank you for, for your continued work. And uh, I'm excited about the growth of the show as well, heading over to Brew Sports. Uh, want, you know, personally want to thank as well all of the sponsors who have been with us through this year because without them, there's no way we'd still be continuing yeah. to, to go on and do this. 100%. 
so my I believe, I'm actually going to take it back to the U20 conversation. Sure, go right ahead. And I, gotta, I hate to say this. I believe we're not going to qualify. Got to end the, the show Cup. on a downer side? No, we're not going to end the show there. <laughs> but uh, I, I love what Brian Dunseth is saying. And the reason I say, though, that, Baxter, is because our best players aren't with the team. Cameron Carter-Vickers is not there. Christian Pulisic's not there. Exactly. They're, they're not being released. Um, I, think this, I think the team is still talented and can make it, but if we do run up, if, if they run up against Mexico, I, I just don't see them getting past, it's gonna be a little past dangerous. that team. And if I remember correctly, it is the four teams that make it to the semifinals that qualify for that U-20 World Cup. So it, it does depend on results. If it's not Mexico they face, then I could see them going through uh but but that's where i'm at uh and the other thing i just want to say is uh again thank you to all of our listeners yes thank you very much thank to all you, of you thank you to all the players that have come on over the years coaches, over the year coaches um you know they we're, we're as we said we're big supporters of the nwsl we get a lot of their players a lot of their coaches coming on all their clubs are very supportive of what we're doing here uh but also mls teams that have branched yeah. out and 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 realize the the quality that is too upfront and realize we take this seriously and, and perhaps do give a little bit different different of a perspective than you may hear on other shows not that it, that makes us better no but it there's something unique about that you're absolutely right about that no i i echo everything you're saying honestly and i i look forward to uh to what 2017 holds in store for us uh, a lot of great things coming up uh, that we are excited to be a part of that's for sure so uh with that being said simon provan uh, a special thanks to all of our guests that joined us today on the shopfootsell.com peter wilt justin davis brian dunseth chris blakely Jonathan Campbell and Rachel Wood as well. So special thanks to all of you that took place uh, on our show today as guests. Uh, special thanks to all of you, the listeners as well, uh, that continue to support us uh, each and every day. Uh, if you ever miss a show, you can go to our website, 2upfrontsoccer.com, the number two, uh, and go and check it out there. Or you can go to Spreaker.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio. Uh, to check out the show. And you can always find us on Facebook, no matter the network we're on. Just type in 2 up front in the search bar. While you're there, give us a like. We're at about 585. We'd love yeah. to get that up to 600. Uh, on top of that, you can find us on Twitter, at 2 up front Soccer. I am at Simon Provan. He's at Baxter Colburn. All right. Wednesday, March 1st, you will be able to see us live on Brew Sports. Go and like the Brew Sports Facebook page as well, too, if you want to watch the show live. Uh, and we will see you then. For Simon Proven, I'm Baxter Colburn. Thank you for 100 amazing episodes. We will see you next time on Two Up Front with our manager being the one above. We are Two Up Front. also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. 
Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.